Hey there, bookworms. Welcome to the first episode of Bobby's Book Club. Honestly, I'm pretty nervous. I've recorded and deleted again and again for hours now, but I'm finally ready. I think. <laughs> they say the first steps are the hardest, so I'm just hoping you like listening. For this very first episode of our book club, I chose the book American Dirt by Janine Cummins. As I said in the intro, the idea of this podcast is to form a community in which you can suggest and vote on which book we should discuss next. But for this first episode, since it's so far still more of a one-woman book club, so not yet a real book club at all, <laughs> I chose American Dirt because it seems to have hit a nerve for many readers, obviously including myself. So I think it could be interesting for you as well. American Dirt, written by author Janine Cummins, only came out recently. Its first U.S. edition was published in January this year. But for my German listeners, who are so far the majority listeners, I have good news. It is now also available in German. Even though the book is still so new, it has already caused a huge debate in the literary world. And even further than that, American Dirt has not only been on various bestseller lists for weeks in a row and been praised by many other authors and celebrities, but also it started an outcry and has led to a discussion on all kinds of different controversial topics. But before I go deeper into why it is so contentious, I want to tell you a bit more about why I chose to read this book. Of course, I will then also give you a short summary and tell you a bit more about its author, Janine Cummins. Before we finally go into the discussion part, I will share my personal opinion and general reading experience with American Dirt. I'll let you know before I go too deep into detail so that I won't spoil anyone who hasn't read the book yet. But I think until the discussion part, you should be safe. After that, I can't guarantee for anything. So get comfortable and let's start book clubbing. Let's start with how I came across this book. So there were multiple factors that made me choose to buy and read the book. I saw it a couple of times on the top of the piles in various bookstores, and it stayed in my head because of its memorable blue and white cover. I read that the white cover, which features bluebirds, is reminiscent of traditional Mexican Talavera tiles, but they are surrounded by barbed wire. In the center of the page is a blurb from author Stephen King. He calls American Dirt an extraordinary piece of work. I regularly check up on some bestseller lists like the New York Times list, but also others to see what's fresh and new. American Dirt was on that list and many more for weeks. But as it often is the case in a state of indecisiveness, which I find myself in a lot, what gave me the final push was the recommendation of one of my best friends in Amsterdam, my friend Ria. She's an amazing source for good reads, and I'm so lucky to have a friend who loves the same books I do and isn't shy talking about what she reads. She sometimes posts on her Instagram about the books she really liked, and I always check them out right away because she just gives great recommendations. A couple of months ago, she posted American Dirt and said that despite the critical discussions going on about the book, that she really enjoyed reading it. I got interested in what critics she was referring to and Googled it quickly, but then I decided to not get into these negative reviews before I haven't read the book myself and formed my own opinion. So I quickly ran to my closest bookstore and I got a copy of American Dirt. Since I didn't know the author and only knew that it was recommended by many, I had the same expectations I have with every fiction novel I start. I was hoping for it to be, of course, well-written, but also catching and exciting, since I knew it was more of a thriller type of book. I'm also always searching for a book which is simply something new for me in terms of the story. 
I would say, though, when I started reading, I only read it for the pleasure of reading itself, so I didn't view it as being very political or socially critical right away. Okay, enough with the preacher chat now. It's time to give you a short summary of the novel, especially for the ones that are trying to get inspired for their next read and have not yet read American Dirt. So, American Dirt tells the story of Lydia, who is the owner of a small bookstore in Acapulco in Mexico. She has, until the start of the book, lived a rather regular and secure life. But right at the beginning of the book, there's a very intense scene in which her entire family gets killed at her niece's quinceañera, including her husband Javier, a journalist who has just written an article about the leader of the local cartel. The only survivors of the massacre are Lydia and her eight-year-old son Luca. Her entire life changes in only a couple of minutes. In great fear of the cartel, Lydia and Luca immediately flee the city and find themselves taking a dangerous route north through the United States, hoping that the cartel can't get to them there. Lydia can only think of saving her son Luca while both are trying to process the violence and losses they have just experienced. To hide from the eyes of the cartel, the only option Lydia sees to get to the border without being found is to ride on top of La Bestia, trains that drive north toward the United States. The story goes on, showing the many dangers and obstacles Lydia and Luca and many other refugees who they are meeting on their way have to face daily, while running toward an unknown future. Well, I guess the short description already sounded pretty sad, but this story definitely has its ups and downs. So now that you have an idea what American Dirt is about, let me tell you how I liked reading this fiction novel. Of course, as it is in every book club and with every book recommendation, this is only an opinion and by far not the only one out there. With this book, I'm more aware than ever of how divided perceptions and opinions can be. But for me, that's the most interesting part. So I'd love to know where you agree or disagree if you have read this book. You can find links to contact me in the description of this podcast and can even send me a voice message on Anchor. So simply said, I would recommend this book to my friends because I, for my part, enjoyed reading it. The reason why I'm saying this is that I was hooked to the story from the very first page. Any fiction novel, especially when it's a thriller, that I cannot lay down is in my eyes a success. I can imagine that for some readers it might have been slightly too dramatic, but I think the drama and excitement was what kept me on reading. There's a lot of suspense and action in the story. It's plot-driven with twists and turns that I did not see coming and in which you start relating to the main characters. I cared about what happened to the people in the book, and Janine Cummins made it possible for me to imagine to some degree that I was there beside them. I'm not saying what she writes is accurate to what refugees trying to reach the U.S. border experience, because honestly, I don't know that. But... It's a fiction novel after all, and therefore I don't expect it to be 100% accurate, and I don't approach it as I would a nonfiction or a biography. So from a perspective of enjoyment while reading, I liked it. I really did. I love it when a book gets me emotionally involved, and I found moments of terror and moments of joy in the book, and I emphasized with the characters. I have to say, though, this was not the case from the very start. But when I got to know the characters a bit better, I could relate more. Especially at the beginning, I had a hard time imagining Luca. The author took her time to explain that boy, and I got to know his character rather late in the story. Probably because she dived right into the drama. But that made it hard for me to find Luca credible in the first quarter of the book, 
I wasn't even sure right away how old he was because he relied heavily on his mother, who he called mommy. But at the same time, his thoughts appeared to me to be of a teenager or even an adult. Later on, Janine Cummins explained that Luca is an eight-year-old boy who is not your average eight-year-old. Yeah, that made sense. Luca is eight years old, but says stuff like, your help would be a significant advantage when asking for help. It would have helped me as a reader to know him better earlier on because he, I have to say, irritated me at first. It was way easier for me to relate to Lydia because I felt like she was described really well and I found her character quite credible. It sometimes made me mad how naive she was, but I do enjoy it whenever also the good characters aren't perfect and have their flaws. I really felt for Lydia and her loss. I think that is because Cummins might have taken from her own life and experience and therefore wrote about grief and trauma as well as about the love between mother and child in a very credible way. Even though I'm not a mother myself, I'm convinced that Janine Cummins, as a mother of two daughters, really tried to imagine how she would feel in Lydia's shoes, and I felt that. That's one of the things I like the best in the book, and I think it's what gets many women who have always lived a secure life emotionally invested, because it opens up a way to relate to Lydia right from the start. While there's a lot I enjoyed about how Janine Cummins writes, when I look at the reviews online, many seem to have not found the story credible at all. I would really be interested in your opinion, so please let me know what you think when you read the book. Before I introduce the controversies this book has caused, and there are many of them, let me tell you about Janine Cummins. Janine Cummins is an American author. She was born on a U.S. naval base in Spain, but she grew up in Maryland in the United States. After her studies in English and communication and a couple of years living in Ireland, she worked at Penguin Books in New York City for almost 10 years. During her time in the publishing world, she wrote her first book, A Rip in Heaven. This 2004 best-selling memoir talks about the attempted murder of her brother and the murder of two of her cousins by two strangers when Cummins was 16. The book was very successful, but Janine declined offers to film the book. After she turned to being a full-time author, she wrote two novels on Irish history. And in 2018, her fourth book, American Dirt, was sold to Flatiron after three days of bidding between nine publishers that resulted in a seven-figure deal and was, as you know, published earlier this year. Cummins said it took her years to research for this book. She went to the border and to Mexico multiple times to visit migrant shelters and talk to the people there, but she still hesitated to tell the story from a migrant perspective for a long time. Cummins has two young daughters and her husband is from Ireland. She said that he was actually an undocumented immigrant in the U.S. for quite some time. Her grandmother was from Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, but in a December 2015 New York Times opinion piece, Cummins mentioned that she doesn't feel comfortable writing about race because she herself is white. But in the end, she felt that the story she was working on was only credible when written from a migrant perspective, so she decided to publish it. In my opinion, the book is not about race, though. If anything, it is about migration and overcoming trauma. But I guess that's up for debate, because many people criticize that an author who identifies as white should not be the one telling a migration story from a Mexican viewpoint. So let's talk about all the backlash Cummins got for American Dirt. First, Janine Cummins' new book was praised by many other known authors, including various acclaimed Latinx authors. It got even more attention after having been chosen by Oprah Winfrey for her book club. So, so far, everything went really well for Janine Cummins and American Dirt. But then the tone of the conversation changed. 
Approximately one month before the release of the book, a negative review from Miriam Gorba was published in Tropics of Meta, followed by many more critical reviews in the weeks after. Cummins publisher Flatiron even cancelled her planned book tour because of fear for Cummins' safety. American Dirt came with an outcry. People felt that Cummins furthered harmful stereotypes about migrants from Mexico and Central America and that her novel included several cultural inaccuracies. It's been accused of being a one-dimensional portrayal of Mexico, and commentators have also pointed out factual inaccuracies about Mexico and over-reliance on stereotypes and the strange foreign gaze that Lydia, the uh, protagonist, has in the book. Further, a more general critique is that the publishing industry is discriminating with only 3% Latinx workers in it. And yeah. Actually, Cummins herself writes in her author's note at the beginning of the book that she wishes someone, quote, slightly browner than her had written the book. And I think maybe this choice of words and the fact that Janine Cummins already in the author's note appears not confident herself about writing the bo this book might have been also partly what caused the first unpleasant feeling among critiques when reading the author's note. And honestly, I have to say, if I hadn't known the critique, it would not have been apparent for me right away that the book was problematic, but I did get the feeling that Janine Cummins did appear very confident when I read the author's note myself. And I'm, I'm not from Mexico, nor have I any Mexican heritage, and luckily I have never had to flee. So in terms of accuracy of the story, I really have to say I have to refer to the critique of others because I don't know. Um, but American Dirt has, without a doubt, fueled many different debates that we want to further elaborate in the upcoming discussion with my first guest ever on Bobby's Book Club, my friend Ria. She's smart, she's fair, and she's well-read among many other things. I'm really happy she offered to join me on here, and I'm excited to hear her thoughts on American Dirt and all the things it has started. Okay, let's discuss. My first guest is my friend Ria. She studies communication science with me in Amsterdam. And sadly, because of COVID, I haven't seen her in way too long. Luckily, we can talk over the phone. Hey, Ria, how are you? Hey, yeah, I'm good. Uh, it's a Tuesday. It's almost midnight in Malaysia. So I'm so happy that you said yes to being my guest for today because you were the one who sparked the first thought in me to read American Dirt. If I remember correctly, you read American Dirt pretty much right after its release, didn't you? I'm not sure. I, I read it like late January. So I bought it when I was in the airport in Amsterdam on my way to Berlin uh, with Dom. So I just saw it there and I thought like, hey, I need a book. This looks good. The blurb looked interesting. And then I bought it and then... Um, I started it, but it was like the first few pages are crazy, you know, like it's it's super intense. So I was reading it and then I read it on the trip. And then when I came back to Amsterdam, I was a bit like, this is a bit much. So I put it aside for a couple of weeks and then I came back to it. So it was one of those books that I dipped in, I, I dipped in, I dipped out and then I went full in again. So yeah, I think I did get it probably pretty soon after it was released, but I took some time to finish it. Nice. And what did you think about American Dirt when you read it? How did you like it? Um, yeah, I, I liked it. I did enjoy it. But I, I do know the problems surrounding it. I've been made aware of them after reading. 
So I think that me enjoying it is a product of kind of who I am and where I'm from. You know, I'm from Southeast Asia. I'm from Malaysia. Like, I have very little connection to Mexico and also very little connection to the United States. So I enjoyed it more of like as a story rather than a real, like a real piece of work, if that makes sense. You know, it's a story about a faraway place to me. So the issues that have come up with it are not issues that directly affect me. So I can still say that I objectively enjoyed the story. I thought it was it was good. I thought that I learned a lot about Mexico. I learned a lot about the refugee experience that I hadn't known before. So yeah, I really enjoyed it in that sense. If as much as you can as much as you can enjoy a story of such pain, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think I felt the same way because I wasn't, I mean, I was a little bit aware of the negative buzz because you mentioned it in your post a little bit before I started reading, but then I didn't go further into it because I wanted to read the book first. So how did you experience the reading? You said you stopped in between and then you started again, but what made you really want to start again? Why did you think, oh, that's a good book? Okay, this is going to sound so silly. I spent Basically, I started again because I spent like 25 euro on it. I was like, I'm not going to spend 25 euro and not read this book. Um, so major reason in why I started it. And like, that's one part, of course. The other part is that it was a really good book. Like, it was really well written and I was really interested in the topic. So I wanted to learn more about it. Why did I get back into the book? Oh, yeah. So I can't remember exactly where I stopped. I think it might have been at the part where... Um, the mafia lord has just entered her bookshop and to me that was a kind of strange part I was like so you're happily married but you're entertaining this man who is quite obviously like not there with the best of intentions so I think I felt like her character was a little bit strange at that point but at the same time like I am not I'm like I'm only 22 I've been in a relationship for only three years. I've not been married for, you know, a decade. So I don't know how it feels to want that, you know, spark of flirtation. Um, so it's not my place to really be judgmental of the character. But it was just something that struck me as a little bit strange. So that's why I stopped. But then the overall story kind of brought me back into it. So... Yeah, I that's interesting too, because I read that multiple times. Many people said that they didn't find Lydia credible all through the book because from point from in some points she was pretty naive um and yeah was that the only time that you felt that way or did you how did you could you relate to Lydia or how did you think was she portrayed in the story I always think that when you can start questioning a character is when they're really being made human because no human is actually perfect like we all have our character flaws um and I think Lydia's is that she grew up privileged in Mexico. So she grew up privileged in a place that there isn't much privilege. So she maybe didn't, she maybe she wasn't exposed to a lot of things that other people would have been exposed to. And therefore, like when she was confronted with the horror of the country she's lived in her whole life, I think, um, she just wasn't prepared for it. And that made her naive. Um, but at the same time, I think like some of the actions she took Some of the things that she did was I never would have been I never would have had the cognitive sense to do that myself, you know, um, she, the way she reacted after hearing her family get murdered was very 
like admirable and I'm sure like I know that's a story that is shared by many refugees so it's not unique to her um so I I don't I I understand the critique of her being naive but I also think like anyone would be naive in a situation which is so shocking especially when you come from a place of privilege within your country yeah yeah I, I agree with that because I think that's also an important part of Lydia's character that she is actually someone who would have never thought that she was put in a situation like that and that makes her naive because she always lived a rather secure and um, good life before and then suddenly this happens to her I think that also makes you naive in, in a sense. There's definitely a lot of character development and, de and depth to character which I really enjoy and that was another thing about Lydia I feel like it's always impressive when a character can do things that you hate them for. And I think that one part, I can't remember which part it is exactly, but um, there's one situation where Lydia, Luca, and the two sisters are all captured and she secures freedom for her and Luca and she's about to leave. And then Luca says, but what about them? And it's kind of like, you see at that moment, like you see that she's realized that she's changed so much in the span of days. You know, she's not the person she used to be. She's a person who would leave two innocent girls behind to save her own life. And I think that when you include aspects like that in the character, you're really humanizing them. And it's not because they're a bad person, but it's because anyone would do that if they were pushed to that extent. And I think it really makes me reflect on myself. Like, would I do better? I don't think so. And there we are back at the critiques because one mm -hmm. of the critique was first that it's not well written because it's, it portrays Mexico as such a stereotype of uh, country and also refugees in a very stereotypical way. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think it is a dramatic experience no matter what, but then on the other hand, it's also a fiction novel. So of course, It's, it's written in a thriller type of way. So, of course, it's one horrific story after the other and one death, one horrible thing follows the other. And even if that's not the case for every refugee, and I hope it's not, I don't think you yeah. should criticize her. I, I mean, I wouldn't criticize her writing because it is so... Because some people said it's a drama porn, basically. She basically mm -hmm. wrote a drama porn. Yeah, but that's mm -hmm. what thriller is, mm. I think. I mean, yeah. it's drama. That's why you can't stop reading. I mean, I feel like also if she had not made it so difficult, like if she had made it easy for them, that would be a different kind of critique, you know? It would have been true. like, also, you think it's so easy for refugees to just get into the United States? Mm -hmm. I mean, it definitely isn't. And I feel like, you know, maybe she went overboard, but... Also, like, we have to remember, like, the lines between fiction and nonfiction, right? Um, you read fiction knowing that it's not true. And, of course, it gets complicated when it's so based in the reality you're facing. Because then you're, like, you start extrapolating what you've read to what you think is real. Um, and that gets complicated. But also, like, we just, as, you know, educated readers have to remember that this is just a story told from a fictionalized perspective. Mm -hmm. 
were you, when, while you were reading it, were you already aware of the negative buzz surrounding the book or did that, did you just realize afterwards? Because that's what happened for me. I looked into yeah. it after I finished reading. Yeah. So basically like I finished the book and I listened to this podcast called Culture Call. It's the Financial Times. Um, it's their podcast. Um, about culture and all things, you know, they, they talk a lot about books. So I think you'd really like it too. So I was listening to this podcast and after I'd finished the book and they were talking about American Dirt and I got super excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I just finished it. I'm so excited to hear what they say about it. And they mentioned like all of these critiques and I was like, oh my goodness, like I didn't even know. And I felt a little bit bad because I didn't do my research. I didn't know that she was white or identified as white basically. Um, which is the more important thing, um, because as someone from Southeast Asia and Malaysia specifically, I feel like if, and also like being of Chinese ethnicity, I feel like if I read a book, no matter how well written, that was telling the Chinese perspective, the Southeast Asian perspective, or the Malaysian perspective, um, even if it was told really well, but it was written by someone who's not from these cultures, or more importantly, is coming from a more privileged culture, I think I would feel anger that they were making money off of my culture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's interesting, because actually comments in her author's note at the beginning of the book, I don't know if you remember, but she already said, I wish somebody browner than I should have written this, like someone browner should have written this book instead of her um so she must have been aware of it being critical um but she still made the decision to write the book because she felt the need that the story has to be written and i read that she was working on this book for multiple years and wrote it first from different perspectives and not from the Mexican perspective, but she didn't find it credible. So she changed, changed it back to the Mexican perspective. Um, mm -hmm. So it's kind of a difficult thing to decide, I think, because she must have been aware that there will be people who feel like she's not the right person to write this book. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you feel like, I don't know, if, if you feel like there's no one else writing it and you want to write the story and it's only credible this way. It I, yeah, I know. it's so difficult, right? Because yeah. like the issue is not that browner people haven't written these stories. They have. The issue is that they're not getting the platform. Yeah, that's, that's a, and that's why I think that's the most important critique because of course some people might say, well, there have, if there would have been a Mexican author who would have written a good story like this, then they, they would also be as successful. But mm -hmm. I think the critique that the publishing industry wouldn't have given them the chance and didn't give them the chance to write a book like that um, seems pretty valid uh, mm -hmm. to me. Yeah, and I mean, like, that's so difficult, right? Because then the other option for Cummins is to just not write the story and have it be another untold story. So we need to ask, like, would we rather the story be told by someone who is not of that culture, but at least the story is told? Or do we want to insist that it is only told by someone of that culture and therefore the story gets told only when the system decides it's right? Mm -hmm. right so like where where what can you do like what can she as an individual do she couldn't have 
she couldn't have done anything more, I think. You know, she did her research. She acknowledged that she is not a brown person. She acknowledged that she's not from this culture. And she's tried her best to write a book that she felt was representative. And I think it is definitely within the rights of other people, particularly people of Latinx heritage, to say, well, I don't agree with your portrayal of my, my home country or my heritage. That's totally within their rights. But it's, it's so difficult, right? Like, how can you, what was she supposed to do? Was she supposed to say, well, I've got this great book and I know that it's telling an important story. But, but I'm not writing it because but I'm not, gonna, I'm not, not the gonna right person to talk about yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it did reach so many people. This book was on the bestselling lists for so long and it will be a movie. So it really has, it got a big platform. And even though it is also sometimes criticized that she basically wrote this book for the white middle class in the U.S., I, I think it's also, it has its positive aspects because even though that is the primary audience of this book, um, it's an important topic and she reaches a different audience that might have not thought of um, the, the, the horrible things people go through to get to the American border. And those people might now emphasize more and at least think about those issues that they before weren't ever confronted with and would never be confronted with so yeah yeah it's it's a restricted I, audience i guess but it has its impact mm -hmm. right i mean i totally agree i think that you know by telling this story and by telling this story as the person that she is you know a white woman in the united states I think she's tapped into an audience that would have been quite difficult to tap into otherwise. And this is an important audience, you know, like you need, especially coming out in an election year, mm -hmm. right? Like you need these people to hear these stories, to understand the reality of what people, you know, you know, immigrating to the United States for or fleeing to the United States for. It's not because they just want better opportunities, but it's sometimes literally because they have no other option. There's nothing else they can do. So, and even if it was just for better opportunities, that's enough of a reason to want to go somewhere else. So I think like, you're right, you know, creating that empathy is really important. And if telling the story in this way was the only way to capture this very important audience, I, I can understand why. Any publicity, no matter if good or bad, is sometimes a step forward because it might engage new audiences on questions of immigration that yeah, otherwise right. would never be confronted with that. So. I think that's, that's the best way to put it, you know, like no matter what the perception is within the Latinx community, which is obviously super valid and very important because this is telling their story. It still had an impact with a very important group of people that is the white middle class in the United States. It's, it's important to get them to hear those stories, even if it is not the most accurate representation of it. I think for whatever you want to critique her for, I think she's got a very strong understanding of hum like humanity yeah. and of relationships. And I don't, think that, I don't think that the book should be torn apart to the point where we can't acknowledge her strengths in these aspects. Because even if this were to happen within the United States, I think there are enough situations where any person could get into where they have to choose between themselves and other people and 
you know, you're trying to protect someone you love and you can't, I think that this isn't necessarily a specific identity um, issue, but, you know, something that anyone can kind of reflect on. Yeah. So I think that even if we disregard or, you know, hold her accountable for other things, I think that it's important to recognize that she's done a really good job of, you know, painting these relationships with so much depth and color that when you read it, you feel it, right? You feel it in your heart. At the same time, the question, the more general question, who is allowed to write about what? Are you only allowed to write about what you know and what you experienced? I think that is a very difficult issue because there are so many good authors in the world that have, for example, written from uh, a female perspective and were male or the other way around or mm -hmm. written about experiences that they never had themselves and it was still a good book that really stuck with people so yeah. i do see that critical as well um from the same financial times podcast that i listened to where i heard first about the critique that american dirt was getting they were also talking about another book getting critiqued because basically this woman had written this book about um, a fictionalized story of a woman experiencing um, sexual assault and rape. And it was really horrific and in a lot of detail. And she said at the start of her book, I have never been raped, um, but I'm telling this story. And then basically, like, there was so much backlash against her where people said, like, how can you tell a story of rape when you've never been raped? That she had to then come back and say, you know, out of respect for my family and myself I didn't want to reveal the intricacies of my life but because of these issues I now will say that I have I am a sexual assault survivor and you know like the discussion is then like wow like she's written this book and she's been pressured into revealing something about herself that she didn't want to reveal yeah um so it's really horrible because you know then you say okay like you've never you've never been raped you can never talk about that situation even though you may have talked to loads of people you may have done your research and you're giving voice to an underrepresented group or a group that maybe hasn't had the opportunity to speak out about this or not from the perspective you intend to give it and then you're really limiting the topics that writers can give can address because yeah. the whole point of fiction is to enter a world that you've never experienced and to broaden your horizons and I feel like as writers, you should give, be given that opportunity as well. I think what's crucial there is to do really, really good research. Because exactly. you don't have to do that really, really good research if you experienced it yourself. But if you mm -hmm. haven't, you need to dig really deep to write a book that is convincing to also, also to people that have experienced it. And I think that's hard. Mm -hmm. um, but doable. Although with comments in this book, there were many little, I would say little things that were, that were criticized. Um, for example, that there was a cartoonish lack of knowledge about the Mexican culture because mm -hmm. um, something about that no one's using barbecue sauce in Mexico and they wouldn't call the boogeyman the boogeyman, you know, little things like that. And even though I didn't really feel like this critique is so important because I felt like, okay, that's just little things that she missed while doing her research. I do so understand that if you are Mexican, exactly, yeah. you won't enjoy reading a book like that yeah, because you will read it and you'll be like, this is all wrong. It feels like a caricature and it feels like somebody is coming into your culture, taking the parts they want and then just filling in the gaps with things they're not, they haven't had put the time to understand. 
So mm-hmm. I feel like that's definitely true. Like if you're going to come in and come into a culture or into an experience that you've never had or been a part of, you need to respect it to the fullest extent. And part of that respect means to conduct your research fully, ethically, and also acknowledging every single person who helped you along the way. Yeah. And part of doing that, like you should share it with people from that culture or share with people who have had that experience and ask them, like, tell them. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Why did she not have, well, maybe she did, but why did no Mm -hmm. one tell her those inaccuracies? Yeah. Uh, Probably because the publishing industry has not many Mexicans in it itself. Yeah. You know, so people who read over these books will not be aware of the inaccuracies. That's a yeah, whole I mean, cultural it's problem. Same, it's the same critique as like when there's blackface on TV shows, you know, like how did that even become a thing that was being recorded, you know, let alone released? It's because there was nobody there to tell them this is offensive. Like if you if you don't have people from that culture reading and reviewing yeah. what you're writing, you will never know it because you're looking at it from a single perspective and you need that multiplicity of perspectives to in order to see where you're going wrong. And you cannot with full like full conscience say, I got clearance on this and this is an ethical piece of reporting when you didn't clear it with the people whose culture it was from in the first place. Yes. Right? And she gives a whole list of people who she consulted and asked about Mexico and this and that. But then did they not read the final product to be able to tell her like, hey, I think your portrayal of this or that is inaccurate. Yeah. Some of these inaccuracies that I mentioned before were from uh, Miriam Gorba's critique in Tropics of Meta, where she really got very angry um, about these inaccuracies that she found in the book but I feel like she was already angry before reading the book and people said some people said and I agree with this people are upset for true reasons but this author Janine Cummins might not be the right target for those reasons because you You have a right responsible you can't hold her personally responsible for the fact that the publishing industry does not lift latinx voices up more it's not her fault as an individual so yeah yeah did you by any did you by any chance read the um critique from miriam gorba i did yeah i read it just before we got on (laughs) what did you think about it i think it was very harsh yeah i think it was it was really cruel to say that it tasted like dirt i mean i can i feel like I understand the anger because I feel like I have also felt a similar kind of anger. But also I think that Janine Cummins put out a really good piece of work that felt very genuine to an outside reader who had no, like I had no understanding of Mexico or the process of flee, uh, like migrating from Mexico to the States before this. And I feel like maybe that's part of the problem is that now I have a skewed perception of what it is, but also at the same time, like I feel like I have a, much deeper empathy for people who want to do that. I think Cummins had good intentions writing this book. Mm-hmm. And I, I can see while reading it that she put all her effort in. And I also feel a little bit sorry for her that because she now said she won't write an, another book. I mean, let's wait. Oh, no. Did get a lot of money for it. But uh, she said she doesn't think she will write another, another book mm-hmm. um, because of the backlash that she got yeah 
And this makes me sad as well, because in my opinion, it is a good book. And Miriam Gorba in her critique says that it's also badly written. Um, and I don't agree with that because I, I can understand that there are things that don't taste well to people when they have experienced it themselves and they're now mm -hmm. reading this book or when they think they should have been given that chance that she now got um, and haven't. All these all the all this anger is accurate I think but then to say it's I mean I felt like this critique by Miriam Gobra was just picking on everything. everything and it was like a personal attack it Very wasn't personal. an attack on the work yeah. it was a, an attack on her yeah and I think like what you said about critiquing it for being badly written was also unnecessary because like I said earlier I think she has a real skill in depicting relationships and you know, creating characters. So yeah, I, I don't think it was a fair judgment. I think culture wise or identity wise, she has the full right to critique her as much as she wants mm -hmm. um, or as much as she feels necessary because she's coming from that culture and she has that voice and that experience. But I don't think it's fair to say that she's just a shit writer and should never write anything again and everybody should boycott her don't read her books, burn it, it's trash. I don't yeah, think that's... Yeah, I mean, something that also caught me was that I think she starts her critique by saying, um, when I tell people that my grandfather was a publicist, they're shocked because they ask their publicist in Mexico. Um, but at the same time, Lydia is a bookshop owner. Like, she sells books. And I feel like that is also something that's very, like, middle class. It's also a thing of privilege because it shows that she's educated and she has the time and money to read books, enjoy them, and then also sell them and not have to depend so much on the money that she like does any possible job, but that she's enabled and empowered enough to own a bookstore that sometimes doesn't do very well, right? And I think that's also painting a different picture of Mexico than what many people have in their heads. So felt it was more written um, from a perspective where you are like, oh, wow, even someone who lives a similar life to mine, Yeah. Uh, can be put in a situation like that and has exactly. to to flee and jump on trains and mm -hmm. hide and all these things um yeah yeah exactly and it was just like it can happen to her so it can happen to me you know she's not so far removed from me that i think i it would never happen to me you know it's very easy to imagine yourself being just dropped in a situation like that and you needing to make those steps because she is a relatable character. Although it was torn apart, I think it, it's such an important story, such an important book, yeah. and especially the discussion going on is what is important. That's why I wanted to do this book club about this book, because I feel like even though while I read it, I wasn't aware of, or especially because I wasn't aware while reading of how uh, contentious this book is, I think the discussion afterwards is so important. And even though it's now horrible, or I guess pretty bad for Janine Cummins, <laughs> Um, I think for our society, it's important to talk about all these critiques, maybe not all of them, but about the big ones. I agree. I mean, it's also important to talk about, you know, ownership of stories and authenticity and identity. I mean, I think it's super, it's very important to hold like writers accountable, you know, especially when they're making so much money off of something. But at the same time, like, I feel like she's been personally vilified Yeah. to a very large extent and it feels cruel to watch it happen yeah yeah I agree um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I genuinely feel like she's at the middle of a thunderstorm that she has very little control, um, over. control over. And definitely some responsibility and accountability to be held, but not full blame. And right now, like, she's the easiest target. So I, I do feel bad for her. Because <laughs> she, all she was trying to do was tell, us, tell an untold story. Yeah. But the discussions that it started are, I think, good that they actually Yeah, I agree. I agree. On now. I mean, look at us. We've talked for like an hour now about... I know. This. I have to edit so much now. <laughs> no, it's awesome. I'm, I'm really happy. And I think actually we can round it up here because I think we... Yeah, we, we will probably be able to talk forever still, but I think... No, I agree. Enough. Robbie, thank you so much for including me in this i'm so happy to be your very first guest and i'm so excited to listen to the rest of your reading podcast because i think it's such a cool thing to do um and i would love to be a guest anytime you want me again because i think you yeah i think you will be a reoccurring guest and thank you for your perspective on everything that's american dirt related it was really a great addition to my own ongoing chitter chatter and um (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome to have you as a guest on Bobby's Book Club and as the very first guest. I will definitely keep on looking out for your book recommendations. And then when we're reading something together the next time, even though we're so very far social distance distancing right now, <laughs> you we can have another book club discussion. I'm yes, so happy. I'm, Thank you so much. I am very excited for what's to come. Congrats, you made it to the end of this podcast. I didn't plan for it to be that long, but sometimes you just lose the grip of time while being in a deep book discussion. I hope today's choice of book was interesting to some besides me. And I want to thank my dear friend Ria, who is currently way too far away from me. If you read American Dirt and felt like you wanted to jump in during our discussion because you strongly agreed or disagreed with us, you can write me on Instagram or send me a voice message on Anchor, which I can include in the next podcast if you want. As I said in the intro, if you were only here for this specific book, American Dirt, and its review, I'm really glad you came. If you'd like to be part of a book club, on the other hand, follow Book Club with Bobby on Instagram, where we can share our favorite book recommendations, plan the next episodes, and discuss together. Everyone is, of course, welcome. All that matters is that you like to read. Also, I would be happy to get some feedback if you find the time. Maybe you would even be interested in being the next guest on this podcast. If so, contact me. You'll find my info linked in the description. I'm hoping to meet you soon, fellow bookworms. So keep on reading.